If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. What's up, y'all? It's your boy David with Blackwell Renaissance, and I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Are you looking to sell or buy your home or looking for an investment property? Look no further. BlackWealthRenaissance.com offers a free realtor directory with realtors located across the country to help you meet your goals. Just go to BlackWealthRenaissance.com and select Realtor Directory under Resources. That's BlackWealthRenaissance.com and select Realtor Directory under Resources. Thank you for listening to the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Our goal of this podcast is to normalize black wealth and share helpful resources and tips we believe will be useful in attaining and maintaining generational wealth. Please feel free to rate, review, and comment on our podcast. We would love to hear feedback from you guys. Now, let's get into the show. On this episode of the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast, we talk to Ms. Kiera Ukta, one half of Charm City Buyers, a young couple from Baltimore that's out here setting an example of how to change the narrative. They purchased their first property back in September of 2012 and quickly scaled up to owning several units using creative financing methods. Five years later, the couple was able to retire from the nine to fives and now they dedicate their time to creating wealth in our community through educating the next generation of uh, entrepreneurs. Charm City buyers provide people with the real insights to the real estate investing world by showing behind the scenes information that most places aren't willing to show you. They have developed a system of proven results that has allowed them to experience tremendous success in real estate and teach others how to do the same. They're truly doing the work that we love to see in our community, and we're super excited about this episode. Kiera came through this thing and dropped some gold on y'all. Now, without further ado, let's get to the show. All right, welcome everybody to episode 16 of the Black Wealth Renaissance podcast. On this episode, we got with us Miss Kiera Ukda of the Charm City Buyers. Kira, how you feeling? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing great. We're doing great. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Couldn't miss it. Mm-hmm. Oh. Hey, everybody. It's Jalen checking in, by the way. Oh, yeah. Sorry. David. <laughs> Jared checking in. And we don't have Kelly with us today. Kelly had to be somewhere, but... It's still to be a special episode, man. Kira, we've been big fans of y'all since the very beginning of this stuff. Like, real huge. Like, y'all, a young black couple that bought back the block, and that's, that's just so dope. Like, I just remember seeing it 
And I was like, bro, they got black people out here doing this. Like, this, that's what it was part of what inspired us to do this is because it's like, bro, this is if people really doing this right now, like this is a movement. Yeah. yeah. And it's so no, great. That people need to know about it, you know? Yeah. And what's so cool is like, we're not the only ones, right? And I think for for us, when we started Charm City Buyers and started to post on Instagram and do all this stuff, it was um, really, we had a conversation years ago and said, you know, we're doing all these things. We're buying these houses. We have this portfolio of rentals because our, our foundation's rentals. The, the flips and the big rehabs are sexy, right? They're, they're cool to talk about, but our foundation is absolutely rentals. And so That's we had this conversation, like, if we're doing this, we're buying all these houses and we're like impacting our tenants in like these ways that um, historically landlords just collect a check and move on. Like we were helping people keep custody of their kids and helping them edit their resumes and get jobs and, you know, get citizenship. Like we were doing things that were just so above and beyond. And we felt like we'd be doing a disservice to not share our story. And so we had this whole conversation and we're like, okay, you know, maybe, you know, mapped it out. I literally had it saved probably from like 2012. No, probably maybe 2013, 2014. And I was like mapped out kind of this vision of where we wanted to go beyond just buying houses. And Charm City Buyers was kind of born out of that, like the brand, you know, on Instagram, the things you see on there was born out of that because we could have just been hustling quietly um, still because we, when we started investing in real estate, we didn't tell anyone. We didn't tell family. We didn't tell friends. We didn't need all that energy. We knew that what we wanted to do, what we were trying to accomplish together and didn't need all the noise from other people. So we had probably like seven or eight units before we told anybody. And then once nobody could tell us anything, we started to share. And, and through that, um, we're really big on putting things out there and, and watching them kind of manifest and come back. And so after we um, mapped out the vision of being able to share and just like inspire people and show people that like we're super normal. Like we were young, you know, we bought our first property at 22, 23. Um, we had student loans, you know what I'm saying? So it was like very um, a normal story. We didn't have trust funds and we thought it was important to show what's possible if you're willing to just buckle down and, and get it done. And um, through that, we got you know, the opportunity to do the TV show thing um, on, we did like a, one of those flip this house type shows. And then um, we did the Instagram and then it just kind of grew and grew from there. But it's, it's been um, so cool to go on that journey and just share. And people are so um, open and appreciative and they give me energy to keep going just as much as it, you know, you know, from what people tell me, like inspire them to, to get started or go for their dreams and goals and just get stuff done. So it's, it's been a, a nice journey. That's pretty dope. Like, I didn't even know y'all are doing half of the things yeah, with y'all. A, a couple of those things, that's news to me. But mm -hmm. that's such a part of this. Like, not only are you going out here and like you're getting these rentals, but you're helping the people become homeowners in the long run. Yeah, that's really the goal. Like when we when we interview our tenants, we don't play no games. So we're like, what is your five year plan? They're like, is this an interview? Like, absolutely. Right. <laughs> so um, so we spend time really getting to know our tenants when they move in. But we have 
um, we have opportunities where people can build their credit paying their rent, right? It's their biggest bill every month. They can sign up and it gets reported to the credit bureau so that they get put in positions to buy the house. Our goal, you know, when we really think about it is for our tenants to be able to buy our houses from us. And so um, we try to, to guide them in the direction of, of making that happen. Does it always happen? Absolutely not, right? There's <laughs> individual people have to do yeah. what they need to do. Um, but we definitely try to set the path for success. You know, kids that are like aging out of foster care, like, well, we have places for them and we'll try to coach them. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that happens behind behind closed doors. Um, but it's about how do we really build community wealth? Like, it's not enough for us to do well. It's not enough for us to have properties and for like Michaela to be set up and all that kind of stuff because I want her peers to do well. I don't want her to be the only in every room. I want her to be able to look around at her peers and say, you know, wow, look at look at where we are, look at what we can do. And that's really when we talk about being community wealth builders, that's where that comes from um, is, you know, not only can we be successful, but everyone around us needs to have a piece of that success to really push things forward um, and really make a difference. That's dope. That's really dope. It's uh, a Sunday out here, and you preaching. Somebody got like a word, you know. Amen. <laughs> Good. Uh, man, there's there's so much in there that's like just so major. That community wealth mm-hmm. and the practice and the group economics is just it's so many examples of the stuff that you just like all laid in there. Mm-hmm. That's so necessary to what the community really needs. Like. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be the only way we're going to do that. Because it's not cool for your daughter to be the only rich black kid. Right. That's not cute. You know, like, I mean, it's cool. But but at the end of the day, like, you want to be surrounded with people who look like you. Like, for me, when we do, because um, we'll do a quarterly mobilized Baltimore meetup, right? And we do that. It's kind of selfish. But we want to be in a room full of people who are on the same journey, who, you know, are, are, you know, look like us, who all these things and talk about money, talk about wealth, talk about real estate, talk about yes. entrepreneurship, right? And it's, it's so empowering. I get so much energy from doing things like that because it just, there's so much power and, um, and it's, it's huge. And so I think right now, and what's really great about you guys is, you know, building these communities, even virtual, where you're empowering each other and pushing each other forward and, you know, just maybe giving people a push or holding them accountable or whatever it is, it's so critical, um, especially right now, because there's some really amazing things happening. And, you know, not just with us, but just across the community. And I think it's, it's super dope. Who needs an alarm in the morning? When McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles. And a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yes, it definitely is super dope. So I, I want to backtrack. I want to uh, get to know, like, what made you guys start this? Like, I know you said y'all were young whenever y'all purchased y'all first property, 22, 23. Like, whose idea was like, hey, let's jump into rentals? <laughs> Yeah, so that was me. So I I grew up um, in a really small town in Pennsylvania, not too far actually from Lincoln University. 
um, the first HBCU. And so um, I grew up out there and I watched, there's a lot of farmlands and I watched those farmlands being sold and turned into housing development. And, um, and through that, just kind of watching the transformation, I fell in love with just the process of real estate, like watching something turn from one thing to the other. And so growing up, I used to um, say things to my parents like, hey, you know, that house is like, you know, vacant or, you know, it's, it's broken down. We should buy that house and renovate it. My mom's like, girl, what? Like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> and, so, um, and so that was my experience, like really, really young. And so once we graduated, or I graduated, Glow graduated a year before me, um, went to work. I had a really great job, right? I was doing amazing things. I was making good money and, and all that stuff. But I'm like, a, a pension? When do I get that? I got to work how long, right? And so yeah. I started to think about, okay, how do, how do we um, build something so that I have options. I'm the type of person, I like to make choices. If I want to go here and go there, I, that's what I want to do, right? And so um, we started to talk about different opportunities. Well, first we talked about what our goals were, right? What my goals were, what I saw success for me and what that looked like. And Khalil the same, like what, what that looks like for him. And then we talked about together, okay, we're on this journey together. How do we find an approach and how do we find you know an opportunity that fits what we're looking for short term and long term so we had like kind of that sit down conversation and then we started to tinker around and and um and do research on things and then this whole real estate concept kind of came back up and um we talked about it did some research started to go into like these little ria meetings and kind of getting around people who were talking real estate um and and just opened our mind to, to something new. And then we, so we decided in July that we were going to invest in real estate. It was like June or July. By October, we had bought our first property. And so this first property was a three unit shell. So it had boarded up windows, copper was gone, right? No, no plumbing, no mechanicals, Ooh. like shell. Completely, Ooh, right? got it. So, right. So that was, that was our first property. And just like most other people, we wanted to start wholesaling. We're like, okay, we bought this three unit. We know that it's going to be able to bring in great money. Um, let's, let's wholesale it. So we bought it. We we're going to wholesale it and we actually bought it, bought it. And then we're going to just sell it. Um, and so what we found out because, you know, we did things really quickly, right? We decided in July, bought in October. Well, we, we quickly learned the importance of location, 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 right? And so we were hanging out um, at the house because we just bought this house. You know, we're 22, we're sitting on the stoop and people walked up like, did you buy this house? I'm like, yeah, you know, this is ours, whatever. They're like, don't you know the street called Murder? We was like, Murder who? What you, <laughs> like, what do you mean? And so we had bought this house in the hood, right? In the hood of the hood. We were, we were in Connecticut at the time. So neither one of us, knew really the neighborhoods we just knew that we wanted to invest in real estate we knew that we bought it good we knew that the numbers made sense but it was in the hood and so at these RIA meetings a lot of them are very similar to some of the um you know some of the the real estate channels that you hear about that talk really negatively about investing in the hood and so nobody wanted to um nobody wanted to buy it from us and we we're like forget y'all we know our numbers we'll figure it out and do it ourselves. And so we did some networking, 
Um, and we were able to connect with this nonprofit who was focused on, on really building the same community that we bought this house. And so what they did, um, or what we did with them was build a relationship. We ended up working with them to do a $120,000 renovation to that house. And um, within, see, we bought in October. Um, we started working that next April. So during that time period, we're like figuring out life, right? Um, building that relationship, building the rapport and, and all of those things. Started that work in April. By, um, by like October, November, we had our first tenant. And then we filled the house up. The house was completely full by like December, January. And now, you know, because we still own it. Now we probably bring in about $2,700, $2,800 a month on a $900 mortgage. Um, and so we took that <laughs> experience. Yeah. Um, we took that experience. And um, during this whole time, like we got married, we had Michaela, like there was a lot of stuff popping up. And so we ended up moving back to Baltimore um, while we were doing that renovation. So we had to manage that renovation from afar for part of it. And then we, we kept going. We decided not to stop. We um, really learned the power of building relationships and the, um, the opportunity to have access to other people's money, right? This whole concept of of OPM, we learned it when we worked with that first nonprofit. Who really thinks about working with a nonprofit to get funding for real estate? And so with that concept and knowing that if we're willing to hustle for it, like money is there, we just kept going and and built our portfolio and, and hustled it out and, and made a lot of things happen. So um, the journey is full of not only a lot of lessons, uh, some harder than others to learn, um, but just a lot of hustle and grit and perseverance and just focusing on that first conversation we had around what it was that we wanted to accomplish and understand that, you know, there's, there's ebbs and flows during that journey, but we're headed in, we're, you know, we're trucking in that direction. That's where we're going. That's what we're focused on. And that's where we keep our eyes to when, you know, we're, just going through the day-to-day of, of managing contractors and tenants and rentals and all other kinds of stuff. I love it. You gotta be, you gotta yes. know your why, like stick to yeah. it. Absolutely. You have to know your why you have to define it. Like that's, and that's why for us, we talk about mindset and how you think about things and how you approach things probably more so than we talk about real estate specifically. Like if you follow us on, on Instagram and stuff like that, we'll talk real estate and we, you know, we could talk real estate all day long, but if your mind isn't right, you're not Listen going to not only be able to, to jump off the cliff and get started, you're not going to be able to keep going. And mm-hmm. so um, it's a really key point of not only investing in real estate specifically, but going out on your own, doing entrepreneurship, business, shoot, life, right? You have to have the right mindset to, to get you through a lot of those things. So we spend a lot of time talking about that. That's major. Another thing I don't want to miss out from that y'all story all together is the imperfect action, massive imperfect action. Yeah. Y'all just, it didn't matter how you messed up. You just kept going. And yeah. that's why y'all got where y'all are now. Yeah, absolutely. There was a ton of imperfect action. I think what we really, what happened was we made so many um, just foundational mistakes in the first deal that we're able to try to apply them as we go forward. Like you, you should only learn a hard lesson once. If, you, you, if you're taking you more than one time to learn a hard lesson, you need to take a step back. 
And so we learned so many lessons from that first experience that we kind of carried it through with the rest of with the rest of our deals and making sure we're analyzing deals well. We know the numbers and letting the numbers make decisions for us and not our emotions and, and all of those types of things. But at the end of the day, action is everything, right? So even if it's it's small actions every day to push you forward, it's better than nothing. And people get like really stuck um, in a space. And it's really important that each and every day, if you set your goal and this is what you said you're gonna do, and you, you know, create your plan every day. You're not going to knock things out of the park, but you need to be making efforts and moves towards your goals every single day. And that was, that's part of what kept us, you know, moving in the right direction. Man, that's so fire. Yeah. So <laughs> I love, I love that y'all doing it together too, because you just don't, you don't see it too many times. You'll just have that one person that's like really motivated or, uh, and the other person that's like, Hey, I don't, I'm going to do something else. So I love that y'all doing it together. Yeah. I think part of that is just the fact that we set the goals together, right? And we're trying to accomplish stuff together. But that, that's always a challenge too, right? We're, we're two different people. And so, and we both Pisces, child. I don't know who set that up. It was a set up. Right. But anyway, so, um, so, you know, we set those goals together and we're able to balance each other out really well. And you just find kind of what, in general, right? Marriage. I don't know if you guys are married or, or whatever, but <laughs> he's like, nah, I ain't even touching it. So, um, and so just like in general in marriage, like you have to find where, what each other's strengths are, what each other's challenges, how do you balance each other out? And we just did that like on steroids because we added a business on top of that at the same time. And so um, we balance each other out in business. We have to recalibrate, right? Make sure we're we're on the same page as each of us continue to grow individually, making sure that we're still growing together. Um, and just, you know, keeping, keeping focus. Like sometimes I'm off completely and he's on and we just kind of balance it out like that. He likes to say, you know, most people have 24 hours in a day. Like we have 48, we got two people. We can hustle a little bit more and a little bit harder, which is, which is great. Um, but we also have to turn it off and be normal um normal people and be just married for five minutes um and you know not business partners 24 hours a day so it's a challenge but it's a lot of fun and we're able to to build something together which is really powerful i love it love it so that's much because so cool. that, that's like that's just so dope that's the type of stuff i definitely want like somebody that i can work with and just build something with and i feel like that's it's so instrumental to what y'all doing because like you said, y'all got 40 hours in a day, like, mm -hmm. well, 48 hours in a day. Mm -hmm. Is you can do so much more with teamwork, yeah, yeah. Hey. Having that shared, that shared goal, you know, we have different goals because we're different people, but having that shared vision is really, really important. And I think, um, as people are, you know, finding how you what do you build, and, and what's really funny, I usually tell people marriage is less about. Um, love's cool, right? That's great. You love all, you know, I like flowers. I like jewelry, all that good stuff, like everybody else. But at the end of the day, marriage is a business. When you sign that license, it's a contract. And so there's pieces of that, that we really, we were really all in on, right? We understood we have our mission and vision really, um, for what it is that we're trying to accomplish together and what our long-term and short-term goals are together. And so it's like, 
sometimes you watch too many romantic comedies and it gets really, really heavy on the, the lovey-dovey stuff, but we have to really make sure as we're building families and building communities in our own household that we're having these conversations about money and wealth and you know even credit and all those like like all of those things are are super important um and then especially if you're trying to build businesses together as well you just need to to have more than just like the lovey-dovey conversations what are we accomplishing together and we did that so early on that i think it put us in on a really dope path to to do some cool things together as a unit and i love how you just mentioned that because I do notice on your Instagram, y'all are teaching this to your daughter also. Mm-hmm. So like, how are you implementing yeah. that? And like, what are some of the ways you are teaching her? I know y'all like bring her around the flips and everything like that. Yeah, she's everywhere with us. She, if you ask her right now, if I told her to come over here and said, who runs Charm City Buyers? She will say, I am the boss, right? <laughs> <laughs> Quick, without hesitation. And she reminds me too, cause she definitely threatened to fire me before. But um, <laughs> I'm like, sis, you ain't going to be able to do this without me. So, um, but yeah, like we show her um, what we do. We make sure she understands how mommy and daddy make money, why she needs to come with us to mommy and daddy's houses. Um, she's watched me have tough conversations with contractors where she like replays the whole conversation. If somebody's not doing what they're supposed to do, she watches mommy take care of it um she she's there the entire journey she sat next to me um the other day when we're going through you know we're about six months in we're going through our financials and stuff like this and she's asking me questions like just exposing her to more than just watching someone kind of go to work and come home like she gets exposed to what we're doing why we're doing it and why it matters um not only from like a community perspective but just understanding money and the exchange of money and how that happens and what that means and um and it's a really cool process because she starts to kind of you know turn things on she's been mentioning maybe like starting she she plays around with maybe start her own like youtube or something i don't know i'm kind of we kind of let her figure her her stuff out she's really into science and all of that um but it's important to us that she understands business what we do why we do it how it works you know watches money come in and and watches it go out we'll talk about things being expensive and she'll tell people at school like mommy and daddy had to put on a new roof and they're like what (laughs) um but that's that's really important to us and it was inevitable she was we had her during that first deal when we were going through all that for the first deal um i was pregnant and, and all of that and so She's been with us the entire journey and she's the boss because we we do and have been doing everything with her in mind because she's always, always been part of the journy. Um, so she she the boss. That's that's so hey. dope. Yeah, that's a, stuff like that's that is why y'all relation why y'all relationship goes for me, man. That's that stuff cool. <laughs> thank you, thank you. No problem. Financial literacy, man, financial literacy. That's one thing that I think the community does have a problem with. Because yeah. I know none of that stuff was like exposed to me, not just my parents being entrepreneurs, but just the way finances work all together. Yeah. And the fact that y'all getting her not only involved in the finances part of things, but showing the importance of business ownership and why it's important. Because like we mentioned earlier with group economics and building this community, we need more black business owners. Like that's a necessity. Absolutely. 
and just getting that in her head and kind of back going back to what you said earlier about not wanting her to be the only one. Yeah. Like that that's that's major because everybody getting this out there to their kids, something like that. It would change the future of was there a statistic that came out the like of our community yeah, being zero network zero, zero zero like twenty fifty something that's yeah. the way to prevent that like that's Absolutely. the that is the way a hundred percent a hundred percent and I think that for for us it's even not only just business owners because like not everyone's really mm-hmm. not everyone needs a lot of business. But at the very least, you need to be able to manage your money so you can mm-hmm. you can spend money in my business, right? You need to be able to exchange and be able to keep money in the community and have somewhere to go. Um, and I think that that's like at the very basics, like we have to understand how much money am I spending and how much money am I earning? Like just the very basics of financial literacy, I think is something that is not talked about as often in our community. It is now, I think more and more so we're yeah. having these critical conversations but historically you just did what you did and, and figured it out later and i think now we're really starting to understand the power of entrepreneurship the power of business the power of just you know turn off the tv and drive an uber right there's there's ways now i think there's there's a lot more ways with just your cell phone to make more money right if you understand what you're making and what you're what you're what you're um, spending money on and so (laughs) you just have to um you just have to to you know have the conversations at thanksgiving at christmas talking to your cousins like it's it's on all of us to make sure that these conversations are happening so that we don't have that statistic um and you know we are earning wealth through real estate the biggest most common method for building wealth is is real estate so we're talking about ownership you know we're talking about financial literacy we're talking about life insurance we're talking about you know retirement accounts like those types of things really matter at just a basic level i love it and one more just touching on your daughter it's like she's going to be able to expose the other kids to that so like now you got other kids going back telling their parents hey michaela just told us what her parents are doing She's telling us about how to make money and stuff. So now it's really like spreading. So that's so dope. Yeah, it, it is. She'll go to school and she's like, well, what does your mommy do? Like, my mommy's the boss of Charm City Buyers. They're like, what is that? And so it, it's it's really cool. And it's awesome for her not only to um, to watch and learn and, and all of that, but how she articulates what we're doing and what we're trying to accomplish. Because it's fun to see, you know, from, from her perspective. But she gets it. She's all in. Man, that's, that's so cool. cool. That's so cool. <laughs> I think that's so cool because it's like she's even gonna grow up with a like an advantage of like knowing how money works, knowing how she should move with her money, how she should invest with her money, and it's gonna be such a good thing to know from the beginning. You know, she's yeah. not gonna probably waste as much as she probably would have if she didn't know. You know, right. there's a lot of things that people, you know, be like, I wish I had known. She's gonna know. That's that's really cool. Yeah, no, and it's it's super exciting. And she gets excited. She has, like, her own bank account and stuff. And her and her dad, that's, like, their thing. They'll go to the bank and deposit money and whatever. They have, Their money's actually in um, a Black-owned bank in Baltimore. And so she she's able to experience those things. It's just, it's just fun. Um, parenting is super hard, but that part of it is, like, really, really exciting that we, like, I'm confident there's lots of ways to get parenting wrong. I'm confident that we're doing that part right. And so that's always, that's always a lot of fun. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, this is ludicrous. 
But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. That's so cool. <laughs> um, I know there's another thing that y'all really deep into, like y'all really just started pushing um, opportunity zones. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, want to talk so to you I, I want to talk to you about that. Cause I tweeted about y'all with that today. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> I have to go in there. I, I was getting in trouble on Twitter because I was talking too much stuff. So I had to, I had to slow down on Twitter. <laughs> we all get there. <laughs> You're right. Close like, it's, this isn't your personal page. I'm like, but I'm just saying. But anyway, um, opportunity zones are huge. So I think, um, or we feel like opportunity zones is such a, a huge wealth building opportunity and it was only being talked about in certain spaces. Yeah. And so we've been really fortunate in that we've made our way to have a seat at a lot of people's table in which we're able to learn about things like opportunity zones before it was, you know, viral on social media. So that when people were really ready and started to talk about it, we had the information it was like, okay, here's what it is. Because y'all are talking about a whole lot of things, but a lot of people was a little wrong, right? And so we're like, people don't read. Yeah, like, right. People don't read read the, the fine print and really understand something. And so we were um, really excited about being able to not only share what opportunity zones are, um, how people benefit from it directly, but also how you benefit indirectly. So let me kind of take a step back. Like, what is opportunity zones? So the opportunity zone program was enacted um, by the, it was enacted by the Trump administration, it was created under Obama, um, where the, every state would designate what's called an opportunity zone in areas that are low income census tracts. So there's not a lot of jobs, um, not a lot of businesses. And so the governor of each state is able to designate these opportunity zones. And so in these zones, what they did was they created a tax incentive for people to, um, to invest in these areas in property and in business. I'm trying to do this in like a super basic, um, basic, basic way. So you're able to invest in, in properties and business in these opportunity zones. And the incentive is um, there is, so there's like several trillion dollars of unrealized capital gains. And so that means that there are, there's people who have money in stocks um, and in property that have appreciated in value that's just kind of sitting. It's, it's unrealized. So if you have stock and they bought stock in Amazon um, 10 years ago, obviously that stock has grown over the years, that, that money is sitting there and it's, it's unrealized, unrealized capital gains. There's profits in the stock market um, that have not been pulled out and turned back into cash. And so what the government did was create an incentive where if you realize your gains, you sell your stocks, you sell your properties, we will um, defer, uh, forgive, or lower your, your capital gains tax. And so that's the tax you pay on the money that you, you earn, the profits you earn in, in your real estate or your um, stock, which is the most common way that you have capital gains. And so if you realize those gains 
and invest it in these opportunity zones, there's like all of these different incentives over 10 years. So for us, um, one, right, we have real estate, right? We have um, real cap like capital gains and stuff like that. So it's really amazing to see the value of saving that 15 to 35% in capital gains um, and then investing it in more real estate in these in the same areas that we bought the house in, in the first place, you know, for, for us. Um, but even beyond that, we see the Opportunity Zone program as really a huge push that can spark gentrification on like a whole nother level. And yeah. so it was important to us that we were not only able to articulate what like the 1% that people were creating these Opportunity Zone funds with billions of dollars why they're doing that, where they're getting that money from and, and why it's, it's like the cool thing to talk about. But also those who don't have capital gains and don't have billions of dollars, what do you do to make sure that you're best positioned for success, understanding the Opportunity Zone program? And that means you are um, talking to your grandmama, your auntie who live around the way in an Opportunity Zone and making sure that they are protecting themselves um, from taxes skyrocketing, right? When you have people investing in these areas and property values increasing, that will have a direct impact on people's taxes. Your taxes are going to go up. When you think about um, gentrification, usually we're talking about the displacement of people. And so that displacement comes from people no longer being able to afford to stay. So if your grandmother lives in an opportunity zone and her taxes go from $800 to $3,000 and she's on fixed income, that's going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. And so there's, there's tons of different ways to, to um, protect your taxes from going up. There's even some ways to protect your, your rent. Um, there's ways, um, so there's ways to make sure that the people from the community are protected financially. People from the community are involved in community associations. They're involved um, with city council. They understand that for developers and for these huge folks that come in and invest in these areas, there are gatekeepers. And being from these opportunity zone areas, you can be a gatekeeper and understand what's coming, when it's coming, and who is involved. Um, and so that's that's number number one. Um, and number two, I think it's really important that we look to own in these communities and these neighborhoods that we have been in before it was, a, you know, deemed an opportunity zone. It, it has always been an opportunity for us to own. And so um, property ownership, whether it's investing or buying your own house in these areas before, even before this money gets deployed so that you're able to ride the wave with everyone else with these property values that are going to increase. Um, it's really, really important. So we want to make sure people understood like the, the technical side of what the Opportunity Zone is, why it's important to hedge fund managers and all of that. But as, you know, data and them around the corner, what you need to know about what's coming and how you can position yourself for success and ride the wave. Like there's, there's been so many different things like Opportunity Zones that we just kind of miss like we don't know and so now's a really great opportunity with social media that we bridge the gap and level the playing field and make sure people understand what's going on and what's happening so that's why you know we did opportunity zone 101 we created this whole thing to make sure people knew what opportunity zones were within like a few days of the anthony scaramucci creating his um opportunity zone fund because people were starting to hear about it think about it and we're like okay let's let's educate folks and make sure people understand what's going on 
And then even beyond that, like for those who actually want to participate or invest or, you know, have that capital gains, giving them the resources and understanding on how they either create funds or invest in funds and, and all of that and taking things to the next level. Um, because it's, it is, it's a huge opportunity um, for not only those with capital gains, but those who don't to just invest in the community, let's build our communities, let's start businesses in these areas and, and take advantage. You know, it's crazy because I first heard about Opportunity Zones from y'all. Yeah. That was like, the first it made time us I look into it. it. So yeah. I looked into it and I found like the census tracts in the area where we are in Lafayette. It's crazy. My job moved to that area. Like they moved, they created a station and I work for the ambulance company. They created yep. a station there. Now all yep. of a sudden they built a KFC there. Mm-hmm. Oh, they remodeled the McDonald's in the area. All these yep. businesses in these tracks uh, do a uh, position in themselves. Absolutely. So it's like just crazy to see it in real time that like knowing what's behind it, it makes you want to tell people, hey bro, you cannot sell right now. Like and right. you gotta get wise on those things you were mentioning, how to prevent your taxes from going up because absolutely that's gonna be the, the big the big kicker whenever things start popping off. So exactly. I do have a kind of a question. With the opportunity zones, the current way it's set up. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's gonna be like how how soon do you really think we're gonna see a massive change like in like five to six years or maybe even more than that? Yeah, so I think what's really interesting. So <laughs> what's funny and because like our government is is really really funny. So these um, opportunity zone areas and the census tracts that they chose, governors had an um, an opportunity to also designate what's called an adjacent census census tract. So an area that is next to a low income census tract could be designated as an opportunity zone. And so these areas are typically spots where there were some things already happening, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody with a little bit of power might have hit up the governor like, yo, can you do me a solid? And so if you look up opportunity zones and you find, you're looking and you're like, what? Like, how is this an opportunity zone? It's because there was kind of like this little loophole where um, they would designate an adjacent census tract. So for us in Baltimore, um, they're a part of the Baltimore Harbor um, that are that are in opportunity zones, right? And the harbor is kind of like the place to be. Um, a lot of developments that has already happened. Um, where Under Armour is is um, building their um, their whole space. They're like building a whole community called Port Co- Covington in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. That is an opportunity zone. Right. So there are some spots that already had some things going where there was already money, um, a lot of money being designated into these areas. And now you're able to take advantage of the tax incentives. It just pushes it that much faster. So I think those are probably going to go first. Um, And then areas around that um, will probably kind of follow suit. Um, And so I, I would say for those trying to like time the market a little bit, um, I would look to see in the opportunity zones in your area, what areas are already popping off and kind of cross and see which ones, which ones hit not only, you know, areas where there's development that's already started or things people are talking about and is in, and is in an opportunity zone. And those are probably going to be the hot spots to, to start first. Okay. And I want to piggyback off of that. You kind of hinted at it earlier whenever you were, you were talking about your first project, how y'all found the nonprofit. So if somebody did want to get into the opportunity zones, but they don't have the capital gains or whatever, how would they use creative financing in order to kind of combat that 
gentrification that's going to happen because it's going to come. So how, how can you set yourself up and kind of like, I guess, arm yourself and give it a little bit back push and protect yourself? Right. Absolutely. So creative financing is what's funny is that you're literally limited by your level of creativity. Right. What I typically tell people is if you're not asking for, for the money, you're not asking for the opportunity, there is no way you can get it. So between um, there's so many different approaches. We've done things. We've worked with nonprofits, like I talked about before. We've done seller financing. We've worked with private lenders. We've done things with hard money. We've done things. Um, we've done subject to deals. Like we've done tons of different things. And really it's about educating yourself on what those approaches are and having the audacity to ask the question. That's been the biggest thing for us is being willing to ask the question, being okay with being told now because a no now doesn't mean no forever and just making stuff happen. Um, and so creative financing, I think a lot of people make it like really big and, and we break it down. We have like a, a whole thing on OPM where we talk about all the strategies that we've taken and show documents and, um, and really explain how you go about getting access to this money. But at the end of the day, you just got to ask. Close mouth, don't get fed. Close mouth, don't get fed at all. At all. You're going to be out here hungry. So you got to figure it out and then make it happen. I love it. And where did you say y'all teach said it? Yeah, so we have, um, so what we learned was as we started kind of this whole charm seed virus thing, people had tons of questions and I don't have tons of time. Yeah. <laughs> and so we have um, a lot of like workshops and classes and courses that we've created um, and a whole coaching program that I am like so passionate about um, called Next Gen. We're able to not only make sure that people have the information, but the, the guidance and the tools to be successful on their own. And so that's where like the Opportunity Zone 101, um, the Opportunity Zone Masterclass, OPM is King Masterclass that I just mentioned. There's tons of different classes and courses we've created to give people the tools um, and the, you know, the tips and the guidance that they need to be successful on their own. And then for those who want more and just want the guidance, those who are really excited about the changes and um, the opportunity here in Baltimore, we actually have what's called our Next Gen Accelerator, where um, those are our mentees. So people are like, do you do mentorships and stuff like that? Like, we have Next Gen. That's like our, our family of folks that we um, work with and guide through the process of buying their own house. We're super excited. Our goal is that everyone um, purchase a property within six months of the program. And we just hit six months with our first cohort and we had a hundred percent success rate. So we had um, yeah, super excited. So we had um, 85% of people bought properties. So single or multifamily houses. And then the, the last 15 got access to alternative funding sources. Um, so they had, they got some cash and were able to use our creative financing, um, you know, approaches to get some money so that they can renovate properties as well. So um, super excited about that. We just hit the six month mark at the beginning of June. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's. And then we, we have a bunch of other cohorts going right now. Um, and that's like, those are people who have my cell number. Like, you just call me and we got you. Um, but outside of that, we have tons of classes and it's, it's, what's really cool about real estate is that the process 
um, is, is the same anywhere you go, right? We went from Connecticut to Baltimore doing the exact same thing. Uh, what's different is kind of the nuances and, and laws in, in your individual area, but the process is, is the same. So even though we're here in Baltimore, the classes and stuff that we have are applicable, you know, all over the country. And we have students literally from all over the country who, um, who are able to take, you know, the OPM is King masterclass and negotiate a seller financing deal and, and make it happen. I love what y'all doing in our community. Like, it's so dope. Thank just, you. Yeah, I can't Thank get over that. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's awesome. And and it's like, it's really exciting to to see it make a difference. Like watch people send me picture of their keys or, you know, all those types of things. That That's exciting to me because that's what we wanted. When we sat down and said, okay, where are we going to go? How are we going to share our story? We wanted to, we knew we couldn't buy every house. Like we couldn't do it all on our own. How do we build a community of people who are you know, investing in real estate, building wealth and impacting community in a positive way. And so it's, it's dope to watch that, you know, come to fruition and start, but then also thinking about where we can take it and where we're headed and, and how we can continue on, on this journey. So it's kind of become, you know, more than just rentals, right? Even more than just buying the block, right? It's about how it's cool that we bought it, but like, it's cooler if like we all buy it, you know what I'm saying? And that's kind of where, where we're where we're headed and where we see ourselves going i love it um i think we're about to get to like our last two questions for you um gonna ask what's your best advice for people who are kind of you know on the line of getting started um what's your best advice to get them to i guess take that leap of faith and just jump off the ledge yeah, I think the, the first step is defining why, why you want to do it. So if you're kind of like pump faking, usually it's because you really, you're not very clear on what it is you're trying to accomplish or, um, or you haven't committed to it, right? Because we'll all day long go for what we want to do. But when it starts to look like work, you start to get a little bit anxious. Or if you think about risk, right? And you, you get concerned because you're going to spend money and you're doing all this stuff, and you're spending time. But you also have to focus on that's when you have to really focus on your why like why is this worth the risk um and so for me the very first step is always going to be that mindset piece and getting your mind in a space where you're you're willing to do what you have to do to reach your goals and that's that's the most major part of it your mindset and we talked on it earlier and that's something that we always stress you got you if you're not winning here you're never gonna win for sure absolutely absolutely Okay, now this is our last segment. Uh, didn't tell you prior to, but we do do a segment called "What's on Your Timeline" on the podcast. So basically, it's just something where we kind of uh, see something that you saw on your feed on your TL, something that was impactful, or something that you felt like you would like to express some feelings to. It could even be something that you yeah, posted. You posted just something you want to speak on. It's something I want to speak on that's on the timeline. So. Um, I just, I don't know what, what I've seen the most often nowadays, or now I'm starting to see like this theme around, um, around just community economic, like just building, bringing money and people together and doing really dope things. And for me, it's just, it's just exciting to see the partnerships. Like some of the people I've met off Instagram, we talk every single day, like no, no lie. And we do, we do business together. Um, we hold each other accountable. Like there's just really amazing thing coming from 
um, from social media when you're able to connect with like-minded people. And so building those, those networks, taking them from virtual to execution and, and making things happen um, and just coming together. That's something on the timeline nowadays all the time. We're all, you know, just super supportive. It's a, it's a real community out there. Um, and so I, I hope everyone's taking advantage of that because there's a lot of dope things happening. So yes. much dope things happening. You go take advantage of those opportunity zones. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's what you really need to be doing for sure. So y'all definitely need to go ahead and learn about those. Yeah. And you have the y'all have a course on opportunity zones, don't y'all? Yeah, yeah. The opportunities on one on one. I'll definitely share so you guys can share out um the the link for that for people who are interested in learning more about opportunity zones, getting more technical. I kept it pretty basic, um, but really understanding what the opportunity zones are and again how to best position yourself for success. Um, and I think it'd be really dope because creative financing and OPM is kind of like this elusive thing and, and people kind of sometimes it's hard to kind of grasp. And so um, I'll share that with you guys as well, where you can really get into all of the different methods that we've taken um, to use OPM. Like we have our rentals, the block and all that. We've only used the bank for our personal house. So all 20 of those rental units and the block, we've always used OPM. And so we use this as a, the OPM is King Masterclass to really bridge that gap and give people the information that we didn't have getting started, the stuff that we learned the hard way and sharing it so that you have the tools um, and the, the language even. When we're saying just ask for it, like we talk about how to ask for it. Um, and so we'll share that with you guys and your audiences as well. Oh, those those going to be down in the show notes. Yep, those yeah. links going to be in the show notes. So um, how else can the people find you and keep up with what you guys are doing? Yeah, so we are uh, Charm City Buyers everywhere. So it's at Charm City Buyers on Instagram. Um, if you want to see me cut up on Twitter, um, <laughs> we're Charm City Buyers on, on Facebook. And then you can always um, catch us at CharmCityBuyers.com. Dope, dope. Well, once again, we want to say thank you for coming to this show, blessing us. Um, definitely, I love the information and stuff that you're dropping. And we love what you're doing in the community. Um, we definitely got to stay connected with you yeah, guys. And we want to keep up. We got to keep our people up to date with what you guys got going on. We got to stay connected. Have to come to Baltimore for one of our mobilized Baltimore meetups. Hey, I want to. I got to come up there. I heard yeah, the DMV yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, the, the DMV got a lot of popping stuff going on up there. Oh, we we keep it popping over here. Don't get it twisted. Uh-oh. We trying to get the south on that level. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. That's how we try to do right now with with what with our area. So. It's really yeah. inspiring uh, to hear. Thank you. Thank it you seems so like everybody else has a hub except for the South. I don't understand. I don't see what's don't going on. So. We're Atlanta. I, I, we got Atlanta. Yeah, I was going to say Atlanta. No? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, we, just, we Louisiana people. We just... <laughs> like, yeah. I see a lot of y'all up in, like, the DMV area. I see, yeah. like, Charles and them over there in, like, the California area. Mm-hmm. Hood of the states got all of Florida on lock. Mm-hmm. Detroit, mm-hmm. like <laughs> Louisiana and Texas. I just, I don't, I guess I don't see as many. You have um, Erica Williams down in Texas, my girl Erica from the Erica's Classy Climb blog on YouTube. Once again, y'all make sure you have to follow us on Instagram at blackwealthrenaissance.com, Twitter, BWR underscore movement, uh, Facebook, Black Wealth Renaissance. Also, go to our website, blackwealthrenaissance.com. All the tools and resources. We're going to add the courses, you know, got the podcast, uh, got more YouTube content rolling out. 
Y'all just make sure to check us out everywhere y'all can. Keep trying to get y'all these tools. Yeah, we got blog posts coming up every week now. Um, we've been actually adamant on that. So y'all check out some of that blog content. Whenever y'all go to our Instagram page, click the link in our bio. We got a lot of dope tools. We got some books for you guys. Like We got a lot of stuff to where you can just exercise your mind and kind of start building that generational wealth. Well, guys, this is Black Wealth Renaissance signing out. Peace. Peace. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.